Hi there, it's Matt here and welcome back to the second of this two-part series, which focuses on sleep, free radicals, and antioxidants. As you may remember, in the last episode, we learned about what free radicals are and what oxidative stress is. And we also learned about an exciting series of new studies that have causally demonstrated that one function of sleep is to mop up those dangerous free radicals. And those findings suggested that perhaps the original elemental reason that sleep evolved in the first place was to deal with the harmful free radical burden that we know all living organisms face universally. Now, separate from that work, we've also known for many decades that total sleep deprivation in numerous different species results in death. But we could never understand precisely why. It's so interesting. It's been such an unsolved mystery in sleep science. You'd think it would be obvious to the point of death there would be something so materially clear in the autopsy that would say, oh my goodness, this is the reason why a lack of sleep is so deathly. Now, it wasn't as though there weren't lots of clues at that homicide crime scene, as it were, but we could never find the true smoking gun. And what I mean by that is scientists would look at the big picture systems, such as the immune system or the metabolic system or the central nervous system, including the brain, and never could we find a true determinant cause of why those animals had died. But now we were starting to realize that we'd missed something. Perhaps we were looking at too much of the big picture. Perhaps we'd been analyzing the crime scene in the wrong way. Because based on the new evidence regarding sleep in terms of helping restore the balance of oxidative stress and damage, it pointed to a different way of exploring the crime scene. Maybe what we needed to do is click down the lens on the sort of microscope of examination and look at the murder scene in a different way. It's all sounding a little bit too dramatic and theatrical, isn't it? Crime scene and murder scene. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Scientists decided that they should perhaps stop looking at these big systems like the immune system or the metabolic system and start to look instead inside of cells and look for oxidative stress, look for free radical damage. Because perhaps it was the catastrophic oxidative damage in specific parts of these species that was ultimately leading to the consequence of death. And you would think that perhaps the most obvious place to look for this criminal perpetrator of the deathly act would be within the brain. Maybe that's where the evidence was hiding. Because after all, sleep is a process that is carried out by the nervous system, by the brain in most species. Which brings us to another new and exciting study. And this one came from a group at Harvard. And they went about testing this new theory of free radical damage leading to oxidative stress that was ultimately the cause of death caused by a lack of sleep. But they did something rather clever. They were very open-minded. 
they didn't limit their thinking to the idea that sleep deprivation would be doing its lethal damage exclusively within the brain. They wanted to look at all major organ systems within the body and not just within the brain. The sponsor of today's show is Inside Tracker, which is a service that comes out to your home and they will analyze your blood and your DNA to know precisely what is going on inside of you. Hence the name Inside Tracker. They look at your blood, your metabolic signals, your hormonal health metrics, and then they give you a personalized actionable set of lifestyle changes in response to that readout and the goal there is to improve your health i was looking and informed they have some new cardiovascular and new hormonal biomarkers that i'm particularly interested in one that i'm focused on is something called apob which is an absolutely critical heart health measure and I get it done now with them somewhere between four to six times a year. Why? Well, my family unfortunately has a strong history of cardiovascular disease. So I am checking that pretty ruthlessly. And by the way, I do buy the product myself out of pocket. I don't want to fall prey to any of those trappings and undue incentives. Although with full admission, I still use my own discount code that you can use to get some money off. And that code for you is insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. So just go over to insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. And again, if you want to get that discount, it is insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. Thanks very much. So the researchers started again by looking at fruit flies, just as they did in the last episode. And they sleep deprived these flies for up to 10 days. And they looked for free radical damage, not just within the brain, but within other tissues of the body, such as fat tissues, muscle tissues, reproductive organs, as well as the digestive system, the gut. And I'll cut to the chase. What they found was indeed massive oxidative stress damage caused by free radical accumulation due to the total lack of sleep. However, they only found this free radical damage in one place and one place only. There was no substantial oxidative damage within the brain. There was no sign of it in the muscle tissue or even in the fat tissue or even in the reproductive system. Instead, what they found was a devastating mass of oxidative damage within the digestive system, specifically within the gut. There was free radical damage all the way throughout the intestinal system. And if I showed you the data in terms of images so that you could see in these different parts of the brain and the body that I just described where that oxidative damage was and where it was most significant, you wouldn't need any scientific training. You wouldn't need any statistical training it was strikingly obvious. And the scientists were even able to quantify the consequential damage that those free radicals were doing inside of the gut of those flies. And there were at least three detrimental consequences. 
First, what they found was that the DNA within the cells, that very basic essential genetic code that orchestrates our health, that was markedly damaged by these free radicals inside of the gut, within the cells of the gut itself. The second was something even more surprising. They found that the cells within the gut had essentially started to commit suicide, meaning that those cells started to undergo a pre-programmed cell death. And the third and final consequence was that because of the, in part, former two that I just described, there was a large amount of tissue death throughout the intestinal system, something that we call tissue necrosis. So in essence, the oxidative stress was literally destroying the gut. It was dismantling the gut, all because of this free radical explosion that had detonated because of a lack of sleep. And then we come to the final part of the study. And that returns us to the question of why sleep deprivation results in death. And the researchers subjected the flies to a very severe sleep deprivation regimen again, to the point where over 80% of those flies died because of the sleep loss. Why did they die? Well, based on what they'd found to that point, they obviously thought it was because of the massive oxidative damage to the gut. But that's not quite causal evidence. To prove it, they did something really quite elegant. So just before they began the experimental protocol of subjecting those flies to that severe regimen of sleep deprivation that would ultimately lead to death, they then split those flies up into subgroups. And indeed, they split them up into 53 subgroups because they had so many flies. But here's the clever part. Before being subjected to that sleep deprivation, each of those 53 subgroups was fed a different antioxidant. The question then became, could some of these antioxidants be effective enough to quickly mop up the toxic oil spill, as it were, of the free radicals that were going to emerge because of the sleep deprivation? And could they do it so efficiently that it would protect and save the lives of those fruit flies so they didn't die prematurely of a lack of sleep? The striking answer was yes. Now, several, although not all, of those antioxidants, several of them saved the flies from death. And to use, a, <laughs> to use another terrible analogy, I'm so bad with analogies, to use another terrible analogy, essentially these sort of specific antioxidants were serving almost like an emergency resuscitation team and they were bringing the flies back from otherwise certain death i know that perhaps some of you maybe those who are not getting quite enough sleep are instantly asking a question of me right now which antioxidants saved the lives of these flies and provided some immunity against the mortal consequences of a lack of sleep. Well, I will let you read the scientific paper for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd, I'd never leave you hanging like that. Here's the surprise. The antioxidant that was most effective in terms of protection is one that we have discussed at great length on this podcast 
but completely unrelated to its antioxidant properties. The antioxidant that was most effective was called melatonin. Now, of course, we've spoken about melatonin on this podcast recently regarding its role in circadian rhythms. But what you may not know is that melatonin is a very powerful antioxidant. Indeed, this property of serving as an antioxidant is perhaps the original function of melatonin before it ended up being co-opted to take on a second independent different role in terms of signaling our circadian rhythm. Oh, and by the way, other antioxidants that also made the list in terms of providing emergency survival resuscitation included something called alpha-lipoic acid, which is what we call an organosulfur compound, and it also plays a key role in aerobic metabolism. And then another compound was called NAD, and NAD has received a lot of attention and also a lot recently of heated debate in terms of its anti-aging and longevity benefits. And the mighty, fantastic David Sinclair, he has discussed this molecule at great length, both in terms of its pros and its cons. So if you're interested in NAD in terms of anti-aging and longevity, please go and look up some of his content. But in truth, none of those other antioxidants came close to demonstrating the same size of effect as melatonin. They weren't close to being as impressive in terms of its life-saving function. And this evidence has actually made me really step back and rethink a lot about my opinions regarding melatonin, and particularly around the potential idea of strategically using it during jet lag. Now, sometimes when I am traveling internationally, which I do somewhat frequently, I will sometimes use melatonin at a very low dose, usually about 0.5 to 1 milligrams, to help reset my circadian clock. That's the only time when I will really consider using melatonin, and I make sure that it's a brand that has a third-party testing, and it's valid, and it's pure, all of those good things. But now it's got me thinking about the use of melatonin in a different context, because when I do travel transatlantically on long-haul flights, I never sleep very well. I never sleep very much. I've got lots of... Tra oh, by the way, that reminds me. Would you like me to also do a podcast on jet lag and different ideas and tips and thoughts as to how to approach jet lag? There are no quick fix cures. There's not too much that you can do that is radical in terms of treatment, but there are some things that you definitely can do. If you'd like me to do that episode on jet lag, please just find me on social media. I'm there on Instagram, Dr. Matt Walker, all one word, and on Twitter, Sleep Diplomat. Just find me there and let me know. Anyway, that's an aside. But what I've been thinking about is, should I also be thinking about the use of melatonin, not just to help reset my circadian clock when I'm traveling, but also as a way to try to help my body and protect my body against the inevitable consequence of the lack of sleep that I know that I will undergo and the possible free radical damage that could be happening. But the more I thought about it, the more I've been holding off. Because before you go popping handfuls of melatonin, please firstly know that none of the results that I've been describing in the past two episodes have been examined in humans yet. 
So we don't know rigorously, at least, whether or not the same types of effects are present in human adults or whether the same antioxidants provide the same sleep deprivation protection in human adults. The other supporter of this podcast is the electrolyte drink company called Element. Now, it's actually four letters, L-M-N-T. I am a bit of an exercise fanatic, and I started buying their products some years ago, really, because of two key facts. First is the lack of sugar content. Element has no sugar. It also has no colorings, no artificial ingredients, which is unlike many of the other mixes out there that I was shopping The second is because of the founders who have some serious years of biochemistry experience under their belts and they know what they're doing. So if you want to give it a try, just go to drinklmnt.com forward slash Matt Walker and you will get eight free sample packs on any order that you place. Once again, that is drinklmnt.com t.com forward slash Matt Walker. And also, if you listen to my past podcast on melatonin, you will have learned that there are some things that you should really be very aware of regarding its safety. So that has really pushed me down the route of thinking about other antioxidants for that purpose and actually getting those antioxidants through whole food sources. But Taking a step back, what the antioxidant part of that experiment that I just described proved is that indeed, causally, one of the reasons that those flies were damaging was because of the oxidative damage created by those free radicals due to the sleep deprivation. And it is perhaps some of the first solid evidence that we have ever had that gives us a precise mechanism explaining decades of science showing that a lack of sleep is deathly and then the twist in that story tale was where that deathly punch was happening but in fact to go with the analogy it was a fatal gut punch it wasn't that the free radical damage was occurring in the most obvious places where we thought to look it was happening in the intestinal system itself And the reason I find that result so fascinating is because we know from work actually in humans that sleep loss and circadian rhythm disruption will lead to a more porous opening of your gut barrier, which normally has to be closed shut. There's these little gap junctions in your gut that produce a nice barrier. But with sleep deprivation and also circadian rhythm disruption, your gut becomes leaky. And I'm sure you've heard of that leaky gut syndrome. And the consequence when you have a leaky gut like that is that you can't absorb nutrients very well. And what we're finding here is that sleep deprivation leads to oxidative damage within the gut. And it may be that oxidative damage caused by a lack of sleep that opens up the gut and explains why we see leaky gut syndrome in human beings who are not getting sufficient sleep. Okay, that has been quite the informational download today. So let me recap. 
We first learned what free radicals are, that they are these charged, unstable molecules in the body that can cause marked cell damage. And we've now discussed that they are intimately linked to sleep and that the amount of free radical damage that's happened in your body during the day will dial up the amount of sleep that you need. And then when you sleep, sleep will causally mop up those free radicals in a mass biological cleanup operation of that biohazardous material. And then finally, we learned that when we sleep deprive flies and it's taken to the extreme, it will result in death. But when those flies are going to be set on a path where they could get to the point of teetering on the dangerous edge of death, if you dose them with antioxidants beforehand and specific antioxidants, it provides this almost Teflon jacket of immunity so that it steps them back from that ledge and provides that life resuscitation benefit. Well, I hope this topic has been as interesting to you as it has been to me. I think it's so fascinating. It's such an exciting area of sleep science. And we're now starting to look quite a lot at this in terms of sleep and the microbiome at my laboratory. So let me know if you have any questions there as well. But for now, I will simply say, come say hello. Find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on TikTok now as well. And so just let me know by way of comments what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what you want to hear more of, less of, or if you want me to stop doing this podcast entirely. For now, I will bid you a fond farewell and a splendiferous night of sleep ahead. Take care and bye for now. <laughs>